0: Well, we're going to get into part two of of the message sealed. Last week we did part one. We are still in the series Snapshots of the Holy Spirit. Snapshots of the Holy Spirit. Now, what we're doing with Snapshots of the Holy Spirit, letting our visitors know, um, we're taking the teachings of the Holy Spirit and we're giving you a visual of it. Okay? We're giving you a visual of it. Uh, we, we've we heard the Holy Spirit. We've heard these things, but we need to see how that is functioning in our life. Amen. Amen. We need to see how that pertains to us as children of God. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, we welcome you to divine generation. The thing about this ministry is we reveal the truest intentions of God as a father. Amen. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again We reveal the truest intentions of God as a father Okay This Bible exists This planet exists This world exists All all this exists because God wants to be your father Okay He wants to be your father Alright He don't just want to be your God He was God before he created everything Before he said let there be light He was God so there was no need to do that if he just wanted to be a God. But instead, he wants to be our father. And if, if we're going, if he's going to be our father, we have to submit as his children. Come on. Amen. Are oh, y'all going to work with me today? Yeah, come on. You ain't going to leave me on this island. So we're on the message sealed. Part two. Sealed. Part two. Now. The premise of this message, the purpose of this message is to get you to see that the Holy Spirit comes upon us when we receive it. Amen? Now, that's scriptural. All right? Everywhere you see in the Bible, someone received the Holy Spirit, it came upon them. It didn't come in them. It came upon them. All right? And that is symbolism. That is symbolism. Okay? For the things that come upon us in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, like I told you, I teach the Bible from a perspective of us being God's children. So everything that I teach you guys, I sift it through God as our father. When you sift the Holy Spirit through God as our father, you will see the Holy Spirit as a as a spirit that gives us an advantage. Jesus told the disciples, he said, it benefits you if I leave, because if I don't leave, I can't send the Holy Spirit back. I can't send the helper back. I can't send the advocate back. I can't send the counselor back. I can't send the, the comforter back. So the Holy Spirit is, is, is for us. All right. It literally adds super to our natural. It adds super to our natural. Anything you can do in the natural, if you add the Holy Spirit to it, it makes it supernatural okay if you if you are a singer and you add the holy spirit to that your voice becomes supernatural if you are a writer when you add the holy spirit to that your writings become supernatural if you are a lawyer uh oh okay and you add the holy spirit to that you become supernatural anything you do if you if you sell real estate i don't care what you do If you add the Holy Spirit to that, you become supernatural. So the issue is, or the problem is, is when we don't add the Holy Spirit to it, and we just have a natural product, and we begin to just look like the world. We do everything at their level. Matter of fact, we check and see what they're doing, and then we do what they do. Because there's no super to your natural. So the spirit comes upon upon us. All right. It comes upon us to seal us. Now, the spirit coming upon people to seal them is a common occurrence in the scripture. All right. The spirit upon symbolizes these seven things. Now, I told you last week, it might be more. It might be more. But the spirit comes upon us to symbolize these seven things. And once the spirit has come upon us, these seven things happen in the spirit. All right. The first thing is the incubator because we are a seed of Christ. The kingly robe because we are royal. Amen. Amen. The ephod because we are priest. The mantle because of the prophetic culture. The signet ring, because we come from a place of honor, we are at the right hand of Abba. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Then you have the anointing oil. You are anointed for an assignment. When you're anointed, that means you are chosen by divine intervention. When you are anointed, that means you are chosen by divine intervention. The father intervened into your life and said, I called you to do this. Come here. And it behooves you to respond, because that's where all your blessings is. Watch this. That's what your paper is. That's what the bag is. The bag is answering to your anointing. If you answer to the things he anointed you to do, that's, you get the bag. And the last one is, is the spirit comes upon us as the armor of God, because we are his warriors. We're not an army. We're his warriors, okay? We are trained fighters, all right? We we don't fight devils. We command, all right? We ain't fighting spirits. We command. We are commanders. We say go. We say do. That's why Jesus was impressed with the centurion, because he said, I got people under my rule. I tell them to go. They go. I tell them to come. They come. He said, I'm amazed. You got it. You see how it works. And so as children of God, you got to know, that's how we are commanders. We are not the army of the Lord. Okay, the army of the Lord is the angels. Okay, and so Christ is in you as a seed. The Holy Spirit comes upon you and angels surround you. Now, the angels surround you because you are sealed. The angels surround you in response to what you are sealed to do. I'm about to... mm. Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 13. Let me get... Yeah. Could you open it for me, sir? I appreciate you. Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 13. It says, In him you also were sealed with the Holy Spirit, with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and when you believed. So the the Bible tells us that we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise then it says the Holy Spirit is a down payment of our inheritance. The Holy Spirit is a down payment a down payment Okay, I, like I told you last week, anybody ever put a down payment on a, a house or a car? What does that mean? There's more payments to come. All right, you put a down payment on your house and don't pay no more. They call it foreclosure. Okay, so if the, when the father lets us know that the or pa, when, when the father lets us know the Holy Spirit is a down payment. Now, why is Paul telling them this? Because there's more to come. There's more to come. I know we think sometimes that when we get the Holy Spirit, that's it. We got everything. We feel with the Spirit. No, you don't want to be filled. You want to be. You don't want to be filled. You want to be. Ah, I like that. So we are sealed. We are sealed. Say sealed. Sealed. Now, sealed by definition means this. It means you are established irrevocably as a child of God. When the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus, he said, this is my beloved son who I am well pleased with. The Holy Spirit descended on him and from heaven, the father spoke and said, this is my son. Okay, my beloved son. This is my son that I love and I am well pleased with him. It didn't come upon him. Because of all the things he had done to earn it. He hadn't done a miracle, hadn't turned water to wine, he hadn't opened the eyes of the blind, he hadn't healed nobody. He, didn't, he hadn't fed 5,000 people. The Holy Spirit came upon him because he was the child. He was irrevocably so much so that the father had to open heaven and let everybody know. It also means that you are marked. You are marked. And that's why I told y'all last week. That's why some of y'all stuff, it just ain't going to work. Because you marked. He identified you. He chose you. He said you are his elect. So no matter how much you go this way, it ain't going to work. Because you marked. <laughs> my mother was telling me something. She's, uh, um, well, my auntie was telling me something. And my, and my mother confirmed it. My, my adopted mother is my auntie. That's who raised me, my auntie and uncle. They raised me. They told, both told me a story of when my mother came to visit my auntie and my mother was pregnant with me. And she told me this story of how uh, when, when they did that, uh, they did an altar call, and she said they must've, everybody must have laid hands on her stomach praying for me in her belly, marked, Okay, everything I tried to do with the world, it didn't work. It ain't going to work. I'm trying to tell y'all something. To be a friend with the world is a... Y'all, better, y'all act like y'all know the word. To be a friend with the world... Act like y'all know the word. To be a friend with the world... Is to be an enemy with the Father. I'm marked. Chosen. Called. Ownership. Tells who your Lord is. Security speaks of protection. Permacy of seal speaks of the name that you represent. How many of you know when you're born with a name, can't I take that back? That's right. take back. <laughs> you can't take that back. I'm a hardy for life. Okay, you can't take that back. Because the name, the name that the Father has given us, it, it makes the seal permanent. Nobody can remove that. <laughs> Nobody can. I don't care what your preacher say. I don't care what the world say. Nobody can remove that. Once the Father has sealed you, on. only you can abandon that. Right. Amen. Amen. So, like I told you last week, what we would do is we would, last week we did the intro. This week, I told you, we are going to break down all seven of the seals. And let me say this. This has nothing to do with the seven seals in Revelation. Okay, I don't want nobody lying on me and said I gave you some revelation. Nope, I'm not saying that. This is has nothing to do with the seven seals. That's why I told you it could be more. It could be more seals. Okay. But what I want you guys to see is this is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it represents something. You need to see it. You need to get a good snapshot of what that is. Amen. Okay. So the first seal is incubation, incubation Genesis one and one. It says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the water's depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering. Say hovering. Hovering. The Spirit of God was hovering. It was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, hovering means to brood like an hen on an egg. Hovering means like a mother soothing a child. On the day of Pentecost, when they received the Holy Spirit, the Bible said that the Holy Spirit rested on them. It rested on them. The job of the Holy Spirit, the job of the Spirit of God has always been to hover. It has always been to come upon. It has always been to rest on you. And so incubation is like an act of brooding. Brooding is what a hen does to eggs until they hatch. Brooding is what a hen does to to, to her babies to keep them warm. Somebody say comforter. Brooding, incubation, is is a process by which an egg-laying animal hatches their eggs. Y'all with me? Incubation is a process by which an egg-laying animal hatches their eggs. Brooding is the act of sitting on an egg to incubate it. I can go back and listen to it and get the specifics, okay? Brooding is the act of sitting on an egg to incubate them. So the Holy Spirit rests on us to incubate our life. Somebody say comforter. The job of the Holy Spirit is to comfort us. It is to advocate for us. It is to help us. It is to counsel us. Now, a comforter, what I mean by a comforter is it is there to maintain a favorable condition until we hatch. The Holy Spirit is there to maintain a favorable condition until we hatch. And even after we hatch. Now, a little FYI about hens. I know y'all don't want to know about that, but I got to tell you, if you parallel with the Holy Spirit, you get some revelation. Okay. A hen is called a broody. Okay. A hen plucks out their breast feathers to allow skin to egg contact to regulate the humidity of the nest. So the hen discomforts herself for the purpose of the egg. Because the whole purpose of them sitting on an egg is so the egg can hatch. Okay? Now, you ladies, you're going to love this. Hens sit on eggs, sit on an egg for 21 days. (laughs) See, they get it because they're doing a 21-day challenge right now. A hen sits on an egg for 21 days until it hatches. Upon hatching, the hen teaches the chicks how to eat, how to drink, and how to find food. Upon hatching, the the broody keeps them warm and safe from predators as a comforter. Amen? Amen. Now, why do we need a comforter? To incubate us. To incubate us for the purpose of growth, for the purpose of nurturing, for the purpose of developing, for the purpose of maintaining an atmosphere that we can grow up in. Amen. Now, according to scripture, and I'm going to get too deep in this because the thing about this is each I'm going to come back and reteach this, but I'm going to come back and reteach each one individually. Incubation deserves its own day. Okay, it does. It's just too much information because you need to know this. Watch this. When the father initially released the Holy Spirit, when he initially released the spirit of God, it was to cover the earth. It wasn't to cover man. (laughs) It wasn't to cover man. Adam didn't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit never came upon Adam. It didn't need to come upon Adam because he was a genuine son of God already connected with the father. We need the Holy Spirit as a pres- a personal presence because of the corruption, because the devil is the prince of the power of the air. So we need the Holy Spirit as a personal presence. So the Holy Spirit incubates us. But what it does is it brings us into the comfort of his home where we're just in his presence. You got to know that. Okay. Adam didn't need the Holy Spirit. That's why he said, let us make man in our image. He was talking to Christ. We're not made in the image of the Holy Spirit. There's no scripture. We're not in the image of the Holy Spirit. We are in the image of the Son. The Bible says that Christ is the image of the invisible God. The Bible says all things were created through God, for God, and without Christ was nothing created. So that means Adam was the first model of Christ. That's why you had a first Adam and the last. Okay, The 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 last Adam needed the Holy Spirit because of the atmosphere. Because he left heaven to come to earth, he needed the Holy Spirit because there was no atmosphere on earth. There was no godly atmosphere. We need the Holy Spirit because there's a lot of other spirits because Adam turned the planet over to Satan. Let me keep going. I got an hour. Okay. Now, this is what you should know. It is said that hens, watch this, hens can detect non-fertile and non-developing eggs. Mm. Let me say it again. It is said hens or brodies can detect non-fertile and non-developing eggs. And watch this, and will kick them out the nest because there's no need to to, to, to candle an egg does not does not want to be developed. So the Holy Spirit mm. <laughs> So the Holy Spirit only wants to rest on those who want to be developed. If you don't want to be developed, the, the Holy Spirit won't speak. Angels won't talk to you. That's right. The Bible said the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The moment you want truth, the Holy Spirit said, I got that. Okay? You ever been trying to, been trying to explain something to somebody and, and it just won't come out right? It won't come out right? And then you get in the same conversation with somebody else and it just flows? Okay, this is what that's telling you. The person that you're trying to talk to don't want it. And this person really wants it. Okay, Ephesians 4 and 22 through 24. It says, Take off your former life, your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. Verse 23 and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. That's plural. That's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) That's plural. Spirit of your minds. Verse 24, and put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness and purity of truth. So the Holy Spirit will not rest on the old man. (laughs) The Holy Spirit would not rest on your indifferent self. The Holy Spirit would not rest on your no Bible reading self. He, the Holy Spirit will not rest on your agitated self. It's not going to rest on that old man. It's not going to rest on your own sin. The Holy Spirit rests on the son to incubate the seed. If the seed does not want to develop, the Holy Spirit does not rest there. So the Holy Spirit will only rest on the old man. It will not rest on the new man. And the thing you need to know is this is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you angels surround you for the purpose. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to incubate you, angels surround you to help with the development. Advocate. Counselor. I will teach you, lead you, and guide you to all truths. But that's according to your desire. That's That's according to what you take off (laughs) and what you put on. And to take off, watch this, I'm searching, what does it mean to take off? What does it mean to put on? And next to both of those statements, it said, it it, it put them down, Pastor Kirby, as authoritative commandments. These are authoritative commands. So he didn't say, just take off the old man, put on, take off the old man and put on the new man. Look, this is something. You got to do you have to do this. If you don't do it, spirit can't rest on you, angels can't come around you, there's no ministering done. So all you're doing is listening to yourself or listening to the world. The next one, anointing oil. Anointing oil. First Samuel 16 and 13. It says, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him. Now, what he did was he took the horn of oil and he poured it on him. He poured it on him. Amen. Now, you don't see that. We don't do that no more, do we? Do we take anointed oil and pour it on people? We don't? Some do? Well, we talk about that in another message. Okay. We don't do that no more. It's a reason because we have the Holy Spirit. We don't need to do that no more. We don't need to take anointing oil and pour it over people where it's dripping down your beard. Okay? Well, your, your weave coming out, all of us. I'm sorry. Your natural hair. It, <laughs> ain't, <gonna> <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with it. Look. <laughs> So it said, and then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the, in the midst of his brothers. Y'all reading this with me? In the midst of his brothers. It said, and the spirit of the Lord came upon David, came mightily upon David. From that day forward, and Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Now, Samuel anoints David by pouring oil on him. Now, why is he doing this? Because David was chosen in eternity to be king. He wasn't chosen on earth. They chose Saul. (laughs) Okay? He was chosen in eternity to be king. So, Samuel is showing up because heaven and all its hosts know what David's call is. That's what you need to understand about yourself. Forget what people say. Forget what people think. The whole heaven knows your call. It don't matter what people think. If if you're an intercessor, do it. It don't matter. The heaven knows it. So watch this. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. I don't care if people think I'm an apostle. When the Holy Spirit come upon me, it come upon me to do the work. (laughs) I was about to get in my flesh and I stopped. I stopped. Okay. So, David was chosen as king then anointed. Okay. Y'all ready? Now, the pouring of the oil was for those who were present with him. He didn't need to pour oil on them so that heaven would recognize it heaven knew it that's why the scripture says and Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers this oil is been poured on his head so his brothers can know so his father could know cause watch this simultaneous, if you, simultaneously as you read the scripture he pours the oil and the spirit comes upon so there's something happening in the natural and then there's something happening in the spirit but they're one It's happening in the natural because the people that's in this area can't see in the spirit. When the spirit descended on Jesus, they saw it. (laughs) And they heard the voice. Because he was a beloved son. David was a servant. So the spirit came upon him in eternity. Now that he's sealed, angels know how to respond to him accordingly. They respond to David as a king. (laughs) They didn't respond to him as a judge. That was not his call. That was not why he was anointed. Anointing, when you are anointed, it is for assignment. It is for assignment. Okay, That's why I'm telling y'all that the gift's going to turn on when the commission happens. The gift's turn on for evangelism. The anointing turns on for assignment. If you find what you're assigned to do, you will see what you're anointed to do. Psalms 89 and 20 says, I have found David, my servant. The the anointing is for for servants. It's for those who want to Serve. The Holy Spirit only benefits you in your development, but it really benefits you in the body when you decide you want to serve. When you decide you want to give your life as a ransom. When you want to decide that you want to take on the assignment that he has given you, then the Holy Spirit becomes functional. Angels can now speak to you. They can now minister to you. But if there's no assignment and you're not trying to go anywhere, there's no need for anointing. Anointing for what? <laughs> the Bible says the anointing destroys yokes. What's a yoke? Okay, it's like, a, it's like a, a handcuffs around your neck to whatever you're connected with. The Bible says that we are to be yoked with Christ. So which means the yoke with, with Satan has to be broken. Christ means anointed one. So the moment you get Christ, it breaks. Learn of me because I am meek and lowly of heart and you will find rest because my yoke is easy. It's easy. And my burden is light because yokes go around your neck and they affect your shoulders. So he says, I have found David, my servant. With my holy oil, I have anointed him. I found him, he's my servant, I anointed him. Next time somebody tell you what you called to do, tell them to mind their business. Amen. Somebody came and told me, ain't no more apostles. I said, what are you called to be? They said, evangelist. I said, that's why you don't know, because he ain't talking to you about apostles. <laughs> And don't need to talk to you about something you ain't called to do. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I, if I seem a little belligerent, no, I'm just playing. Um So the Holy Spirit comes upon us so that we can be witnesses. Now, in the Greek, that word is martyr. Don't be scared now. The Holy Spirit comes upon us for His works to serve. To minister for others. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus because he was already a son. But watch this. Luke 4 and 18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me. Because he anointed me. Because I'm anointed, the Spirit comes upon me. The Spirit don't come upon me to anoint me. It comes upon me because I am anointed. Helper, advocate. We're sealed. The Holy Spirit, He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim a release to the captives and to recover sight of the blind to set free those who are oppressed. So he's anointed to do. He said he was anointed to, watch this, to bring good news. He said, I'm anointed because he sent me to proclaim. I'm anointed because he sent me to recover. I'm anointed because he sent me to set free. The anointing comes because there's a task that needs to be done. The Bible says that the anointing destroys the yokes. The anointing destroys the yokes. So the spirit comes upon us and angels assist us because we are sealed. Because we are sealed. Those angels around you, they are waiting on a command. They are waiting on you to align with who you are called to be. They're waiting on you to answer the call. They're waiting on you to want to be developed, to want to grow. That's why I told you, worship is all about you becoming one with him. Father, teach me. Father, instruct me, direct me. I need your help, please. Father, remove this from me, renew, wash me, take take this away from me. Father, impart your glory, your ways, your kingdom. I need you. Worship is about growing. By the way, I love that song. I love that. My worship. Your personal life of worship is your relationship. (laughs) The time you spend asking him to cultivate you, to develop you, asking him to nurture you, chastise me, correct me. That is the relationship. The time you spend saying, Father, I want to be like you. Make me like you. I want to love like you. I want your joy, your peace. I want your mind. I don't want my mind. I want the mind of Christ. I'm sick of my mind. <laughs> the more you do that, that's your worship. Now angels can go to work. <laughs> they can go to work now. They can't do nothing. You just sit up, don't want to do, just watch TV. The angels like we getting fat over here. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me get them. A... All right, the next and last one is the full armor of God. The full armor of God. Ephesians six and ten um, says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Here we go again, verse eleven. Put on. The full armor of God, so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Why are the schemes of the devil bothering you? Hold on. Let's get back to the scripture. Verse 12. For our struggle is not against. It ain't him or her, it's them. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers. Somebody say demonic angels. Against powers. Somebody say demonic angels. Okay. Against war forces of darkness. Somebody say demonic angels. Okay. Against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. That's why Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Because just like you respond to Abba and he sends angels and a spirit rest on you when you respond to Satan, a spirit rests on you and his angels minister to you. Same process. Make your mind up. Child, make your mind up. What you want to be? You want to be a child of God walking in this thing or you want to be one of Satan's children being totally disobedient? Because look, Satan got blessings. Satan can give you a house, a car, a million dollars. What Satan can't give you? Peace he can't give you joy he can't give you love he can't give you truth he ain't got no comforters he ain't got no advocates he ain't got no counselors unless he's telling you to do something wrong so you gotta put on the whole armor not some of it don't be partial with it put on the whole armor armor is for your protection if you put armor on, you're not protecting nobody else but yourself. That's right. That's right. Armor ain't for fighting. It's for protecting you. So he's telling you, put on the whole armor. First, he says, so you can stand firm. In verse 13, he says, therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist on the evil day. So he's telling us to put on the armor, Serena, so we can stand and we can resist. Okay. If you look at your stance and you look at your level of resistance, you know what you're wearing. All right. Hmm. So that you will be able to resist on the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. The ministry of the Holy Spirit, watch this, because I'm about to get into something. The ministry of the Holy Spirit reminds us of who we are according to our understanding. I'm gonna say that again the ministry of the Holy Spirit reminds us of who we are according to our understanding. the Bible said I will the Holy Spirit will remind you the Holy Spirit will remind you the Holy Spirit will remind you but that's according to your studying, That's according to some, the Holy Spirit ain't going to just pop up scriptures in your face and say, this is what we're talking about right here. No, it's you spending time in the word and him, the spirit reminding you. You need to be in the word because in the word is your armor. Your armor is in this word. The less time you spend in the word, the less time you spend protecting yourself. If you don't know, the Holy Spirit can't remind you of that. Our understanding is the greatest protection we have from the demonogram. The church is where it is because of we don't know our identity. We don't know who we are. We sinner saved by grace. Let it be told. We just sinner saved by grace. We just servants of the Lord. I'm a child of God. I'm a son. I'm a joint heir. Okay. I'm a citizen of heaven. I used to be a foreigner. (laughs) But now he's drawn near to me. Now he knows me. I used to be an alien. (laughs) Y'all Ready? verse 14. Stand firm, therefore having belted your waist with truth. How many of y'all know truth? I don't need to know. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having strapped your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all take up the shield of faith, with which with which you will be able to extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. You can't block it because you ain't got no faith. You ain't got no faith because ain't no word coming up. (laughs) You ain't got nothing to counter. He throwing darts, you just getting hit. Out, out. (laughs) He throwing darts, you insulting everybody. He's throwing darts, you mad at everybody. It ain't him, it ain't the person you th- that you're mad at. It's the enemy throwing darts. Telling they don't like you. They don't love you. He's throwing the darts and you're receiving it. That's why, well, let's go. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With every prayer and request, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be alert with all perseverance and every request for all the saints. Now, the only way to put on the armor is to understand the armor. Okay? The Holy Spirit reminds us according to our knowledge. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge Say it again. I ain't like the response. Okay. Grace and peace. Paul started all his letters off like this. Every letter Paul wrote to the church. He started it off. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge. (laughs) Yes. What you don't know will hurt you. What you don't know is stopping you from moving. What you don't know is making you think you're successful. He said, take up the full armor, all of it. Don't leave nothing out. That's right. So we're going to go through this from head to toe. According to the scriptures, salvation is my helmet. Right. Meaning this, whatever you, know hell, whatever you know about salvation is your protection. If you don't know about salvation, your mind can't be protected. If you don't know that you have the right to be healed. If you don't know that you have the right to be prosperous, you have the right to good relationships. This is your salvation. Salvation incorporates save. If you don't know that you have been rescued from the penalties of sin and death, you have been transformed. Transformed. Okay, you have been translated from the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his dear son. If you don't know that Satan can talk all day to you, you will be depressed. You will be down and out. Why? Because you don't have armor in that area. Because in that area, although you are sealed, you can't respond. The next one. The breastplate of righteousness. If you don't understand the righteousness of the father, if you don't understand your position as his righteousness, your acts don't make you righteous. The fact that you are his child makes you righteous. Okay. If you don't understand that your breastplate is open, your heart, your lungs Your spleen, your kidney, your liver, your vital organs, your digestive system, your nervous system, your spine is exposed. If you don't understand who you are when it pertains to righteousness. If you don't understand truth, truth holds everything together. You got to understand, you have to understand his predestined purpose. You have to understand what he said before the foundation of the world that's truth when the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever it wasn't talking about the Old Testament it wasn't talking about what he did in the Old Testament he gonna do today no what he did before the, fa- the word that was spoken before the foundation of the world is the word of God Old Testament is not the word of God I'm, I'm gonna get some heretic points for that you have to know truth if you think you're here just to worship him, if you think you're here just to praise him, if you think you're here just to serve the Lord, then it's easy to dismantle you. All I got to do is hit you in the area of servitude. All I got to do is show you where you made a mistake. But children, I look, children... When children are comfortable with the parents, sometimes they disregard, y'all know, whatever. They disregard what the parents say. Why? It's a comfortability there. Come on, man. Come on, we all. Just, can, can, I wish you would just listen. Don't you, you know, we tell our kids, that's what God's saying to us. I wish you would just listen. See, but we, that's why I told you, you're going to come into this ministry, you're going to find out God your father, and you're going to get comfortable. You're supposed to. I want you to get comfortable. You start showing up late now. If I was preaching Hellfire and Brimstone, you'd be on time you feel me you you be attentive nobody missed a prayer call if it was about hellfire and brimstone but the fact when you start because you got, we want you to get comfortable in a relationship okay but we want you to get comfortable so you can understand that look you have a duty you have a responsibility as a child watch this you have chores you have responsibilities. And if you don't know truth, there's no armor there. The word is a sword. If you don't know the word, then you can't defend yourself from the enemies. Jesus in the wilderness, the devil quote say something? Jesus say something. Jesus got to the Satan got to the point where he started quoting scriptures. <laughs> he got to the point where he started quoting scriptures. He said, I know you think you know the word, but in the end, you will only worship my father. Now shut it up. But you got to know the word because the word is a double edged sword. If you know the word, then you know what not to listen to? If you know the word, you know what a lie is. When you don't know the word, you receive lies as truth. When you know the word as a double-edged sword, you understand if the father is telling you to be patient, telling you to forgive, then on the other end, he's going to be patient with you and he's going to forgive you. But you got to know the word. It's a sword. Yes. Faith as a shield. Hmm. Faith is a system. Okay. Faith has many systems the more you stay with the system of, watch this, I don't care what nobody say, I don't care what nobody do, I don't care how much money you make, I don't care about your notoriety, I don't care about none of that, okay? If you ain't saying what the Father's saying, you wrong. Now, church folks got a problem with that, okay? Because, especially the world, especially black people, 'Cause we listen to you according to your notoriety, according to your money, because we think money and fame is success, and it's not. I love Obama. But you are you a lie. You gonna sit there and talk about it's okay for two men to get married. I think not. Okay? I'm cool with you, but but that's a lie. Okay. You can't believe it. No, I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how many companies you start. You called that woman that. And because this is coming out your mouth, I can't listen to you. Faith is a shield. When you know what the Father says, it protects you from all the other foolishness. You can keep your soul cleansed. Amen? I got ten minutes. And the last one is the gospel of peace. Okay, if the gospel of peace, it protects your walk. It protects your walk. If you don't know the good news, okay, which, like I told you, the good news ain't that Jesus died on the cross. I'm sorry. All right. The good news is not that he took 39 plus one. That ain't the good news. The good news... Ain't that he had a crown of thorns, blood dripping down his face. That ain't the good news. The good news is not that he died on the cross. That he was stabbed in the side. That ain't the good news. That he had nails driven into his hand and to his feet. That ain't the good news. The good news is what you got because he did that. Okay, that's the good news. And and when you don't know the good news, your walk has no peace. Your walk has no peace to it. You receive bad news before you receive good news. That's why a storm can arise and Jesus can stay asleep. (laughs) And he can get up, look, at the waves, look at the water, look at the storm and say peace be still still. you can't give nothing you ain't got he told his disciples when you go into a place leave peace if they good people if they ain't, take it back so it's tangible you can give it away and you can take it back it's spiritual presence I can give you peace and I can take it away. When Saul, when David would play the harp, peace came on Saul. (laughs) When he stopped playing. (laughs) Now, after doing all that with the armor, he said, pray. Then he said, request. But this part he said, Serena got me. Oh, this is how it got me. He said, pray in the spirit. And I started to think about Romans 8.26. I started to think. Okay. I started to think about Romans 8.26. How it says, now, in the same way, the spirit also helps our weaknesses. Talking about praying in tongues, for we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I'm closing. All right, I'm about to close. So I started to think. Verse twenty-seven says this, and he who searches the heart knows the mind of the knows the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints, what are saints? His elect, his chosen, according to the will of God. And I started thinking how the Bible says we pray mysteries when we pray in tongues. And I started to think about all of the seals, the different seals, Terry. And why the scripture says that for we do not know how to pray as we should. So it's a way that we should pray, but we don't know how to. And the reason why, because we're not looking at the armor, we're not looking at the kingship, we're not looking that we sit in a place of honor, we're not looking at all the different ways that we have been sealed. When you're praying in tongues, you're praying as a king. When you're praying in tongues, you're praying as a prophet. When you're praying in tongues, you're praying as a priest. When you're praying in tongues, you're praying as a child that needs to be developed. When you're praying in tongues, you're praying as someone who is seated in the right hand of Abba. So we don't know how to pray as we ought to. I'm closing. We don't know how to pray as we ought. Because we don't understand all of the things that we are. So we need the Spirit to intercede for us. We're groanings too deep to be heard, so we have to pray in tongues to pray on every level that we represent and we walk in. It's too much. It's too much. That's why the Bible says when you pray in tongues, when it's When you pray, you build your spirit up. You building your spirit up. You building up the king. You building up the priest. You building up the prophet. You build up the child. You building up the armor. When you pray in the spirit, you're building yourself up. You have to pray in the spirit because you don't know how you ought to pray. You don't know how you ought to pray. That's why it is imperative that you pray for hours in the spirit. Lose your day. Forget about everything you got to do on your assignment. Lose yourself praying in the spirit because you're sealed. You're sealed until the day of redemption. You're sealed. The assignment ain't going to change. You're anointed to do something. You better be praying in tongues. You better be praying in tongues. Like I said, every day you got an assignment. Whether it is to minister to somebody or to study. Whether it's to intercede for somebody or to help. Whether it is to preach or teach, you got an assignment. Come on, let us stand. Now, I want you to see this. These next three slides. We are sealed. The seal represents Give me the one to say sealed. Give me the one to say sealed. Do we have one to say sealed? Okay. So now, we are sealed because we are the seed of Christ, because we are royalty. Okay? Okay. We have the ephod because we are priests. The Bible says we are royal priests. Look, we have the mantle because we are a prophetic culture. We have the signet ring on us because we are in a place of honor. God chose us to do a specific thing. We have anointing oil because we are anointed for assignment. And we have the armor of God because we are warriors. Because we're sealed, the ministry of the Holy Spirit surrounds us as as the angels of God. The ministry of the Holy Spirit Can I get the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Jesus. Now, because you are sealed, okay, these seven spirits are ministering to you. They're available. Now, each one of these, the Spirit of the Lord, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do something. So it's a whole angelic army waiting on you to do. The spirit of wisdom is a company of angels waiting on you to ask for wisdom. The spirit of understanding a company of angels waiting for somebody who wants understanding. The spirit of counsel is an army of angels waiting on somebody that wants to be counseled. They don't want to do it in their own strength, their own way. The ministry of the Holy Spirit gives you the spirit of strength. There's angels waiting to strengthen you. All you got to do is ask. Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, blood flowing down his face like tears. Bible said the angels strengthen him. You mean to tell me you can be weak and an angel can pull up on you and just give you strength? You have not because... spirit of knowledge. There's a company of angels waiting on you to want to know. They waiting on you to study. While you studying they turn, no right there, point at that. That right there, look, yep, yep, that right there. That's you right there. They waiting. And then the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Reverence. Honor. It's angels waiting For you to desire that, so doors can be open. It's certain doors that can't open because you dishonor. Look, let me tell y'all something. Never want somebody to fail because it makes you fail automatically. The next scripture, the next one. Now, you're sealed, so you have this ministry of the Holy Spirit to get you power, (laughs) to get you riches to get you wisdom to get you strength to get you honor to get you glory to bring you blessings you got angels waiting because you sealed <laughs> you need to know this we are sealed until the day of redemption this a down payment this a down payment the more you pray in tongues, in answer to the call, he asks angels. That's right. Jesus, when he was ministering to his disciples, he pulled the child to the side and said, Look, his angel, watch this. He said, This child, angel, comes before my father all the time. Okay. <laughs> the child wasn't under the new covenant, the child wasn't sealed. Why? The redeemer Redeemer was speaking. (laughs) The one who needed to shed the blood down the cross was speaking. So the child wasn't sealed. And he said that, look, the angels of this child go before my father constantly. So you as a child of God who are sealed you got so many angels and the more you reach out and go and do what he says, he adds them. It's a down payment. Let's worship. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you right now, Father. Father, for your glory, we thank you. Come on, let's worship. Let's worship. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Lose yourself. This belongs to you. Father, we thank you right now, Father.